Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, December 12th. S&P futures are trading up about six points. Europe is trading up 30 to 40 basis points. Asia was mixed uh, with Japan and mainland China trading a little bit lower, but Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Korea all rallied pretty strongly up more than 1%. Um, so no major new macro news to report. Um, you know, markets are still digesting the Fed. Um, you know, and, I, and I would say that the Fed in aggregate, including the statement and then the press conference, was um, a little bit more dovish than I think people anticipated. Um, just a lot of emphasis on, you know, quote unquote, muted inflation, ex- muted inflation trends and muted inflation expectations um, and how, you know, Powell continues to set an impossibly high bar as far as uh, further hikes from here, even though the dots, you know, the dot for 2020 signals policy will not change from present levels throughout the course of all of next year, which is what people expected. The 21 and 22 dots are calling for a hike in each of those years. But then Powell during the press conference essentially said investors really shouldn't be focusing on those dots um, because they're so far out in the future. Um, you know, so a very dovish message from the Fed. Nobody really expected anything else. Um, and, you know, and just incidentally, they have this big policy review that is taking place. They're going to announce the results of that review around the middle of uh, 2020. So, you know, this has been something that has been on the calendar now for a while. The Fed hold, held a series of meetings over the last year plus um, as they kind of contemplate shifts to their policy. And, and you know, Powell continues to address it during um, each one of his press conferences. And he, and he did again yesterday. So I, I'd envision that's going to become more of a focus as we head into the spring and summer of 2020. Um, and, and, you know, basically it's it's what actions can be taken to enhance the credibility of the inflation target, um, which, you know, st- stands right now at 2% and the Fed continues to undershoot it. And Powell said that, that obviously that disconnect is a problem um, as far as credibility is concerned. So that's the Fed. Um, you know, you saw the dollar sink yesterday. You saw Treasuries rally on it. Um, you know, the dollar weakened. So the dollar hit a multi-month low yesterday. Um, and that is definitely kind of a positive for the market. It's a positive for um, larger cap earnings estimates. Although, you know, again, you're not really seeing estimates shift all that much. So that's kind of the Fed. Um, I have a lot more detail that I published yesterday. Uh, it's up on the website. Um, and so in terms of today, new news, really nothing to, to talk about. So U.S.-China trade, um, Trump is apparently holding a meeting with his senior trade advisors today at the White House. This is not scheduled, um, but I would imagine that you're probably going to see some headlines around this meeting, either going into it or coming out of it. Keep in mind, um, it is widely expected that he is going to delay these December 15th tariffs. That has not been confirmed. Um, ideally, you see the, you know, the USTR will have to make an announcement one way or the other. It's not kind of something they can just let um, go unaddressed. So if if a formal announcement does not occur as it's as it's as the rules are written right now, those tariffs will go into effect. So the USTR co- has to come out and say something. Um, and so ideally that occurs before the weekend. I think that you know come Friday afternoon, if the White House has not made any announcement on this, I think Marcus will get a little antsy. Um, but that meeting is apparently taking place at the White House. So I would imagine there will be some tape bombs 
um, around trade throughout the course of the day. The UK election is underway. Um, Johnson is expected to have an outright majority. I would say kind of the rough line in the sand as far as conservative parliamentary seat count is about 335. Um, I think anything less than that, you're talking about a relatively smaller majority and people may get a little bit nervous, but um, you know, people are, are looking at this as being a relatively mild event. Um, obviously, the bigger the majority, I think the more positive in terms of, you know, I think it's more really a UK specific story and a pound story than it is really a US equity story. But, you know, getting, uh, you know, if the majority does come in, as polls suggest, you probably are going to see the Brexit occur by the current deadline of January 31st. Um, but that being said, it's kind of more Brexit in name than in reality, because the UK will then have to turn around and strike a trade agreement with the EU, and that could take a very long time. So even though you may see on paper Brexit occur, the two um, are still going to stay uh, you know, closely tied together until that trade agreement is reached. Uh, no major eco data today. Um, you had a couple of central bank decisions out already. All of them are in line with expectations. The ECB is coming up. 7.45, you get a press release. 8.30, you have a press conference. Um, I don't expect this to be very material, just like the Fed yesterday. You know, the ECB is thought to be on hold. So the next several quarters from both central banks really should be very uneventful as far as policy is concerned. This will be Lagarde's first press conference as president. So it will be probably a little bit more interesting than it otherwise would be if Draghi was still in the seat. Um, but again, I, I, you know, I doubt you'll see um, any really major headlines, although I, you know, I'd imagine the, the language and sentiment regarding inflation from Lagarde is probably going to be very similar to Powell in that you know, she also is concerned about muted trends and undershooting targets and the erosion of, of credibility. Um, so you know, those are the big events today, macro-wise, Trump trade meeting, ECB, UK election. Um, you have a few earnings in the US, so CNA will hit this morning at 7 a.m. That's the only major US earnings scheduled this morning. And then after the close, you have a bunch of larger caps, mostly in tech. You have Adobe, you have Broadcom, you have Costco and Oracle all after the close. Um, the U.S. in terms of the calendar, really not much um, macro-wise today. Um, and then that's kind of it for the balance of the week. You have a couple of eco data out tomorrow. Um, and just for the, you know, the broader market, again, you know, I, I'm still kind of of the same view that you have a very high bar for phase one um, in terms of exceeding expectations. Um, and so, you know, I think a lot is already embedded in the market at these levels, at these valuations, et cetera. And that's something that I've been talking about for several weeks. Um, so that that's kind of it for this morning. Not much else super incremental to talk about. Um, you know, I guess actually just two kind of more on the micro level. So semiconductors were extremely strong yesterday. Um, not for any particular reason, other than a lot of the same kind of broader macro forces, trends, et cetera. Um, you had a small upside pre-announcement overnight, um, a company called Form Factor, which is you know really a tiny company in semi semiconductor equipment space, but nevertheless a positive data point. Um, you saw semiconductors rally overnight in Taiwan and Korea as well. Um, Hong Kong, in Hong Kong, Macau gaming stocks were very strong. She is going to be visiting Macau next week. Um, according to a Reuters article, he is going to um, grant Macau a bunch of concessions and benefits, et cetera, to reward it for kind of not having a lot of protests while, um, you know, while Hong Kong was obviously um, beset by them. So that has the gaming stocks in Macau. Uh, they traded very, very well in Hong Kong. And I'd imagine that kind of will occur in the U.S. as well. Um, so that is pretty much it for today. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening.